0: My name is Erskine Bell, the host of the Black Self-Sabotage Trap podcast. This podcast takes an honest look at why so many Black Americans continue to lag behind all other groups in so many areas. Is this a byproduct of racism or is it largely due to the influence of Black culture, Black self-sabotage? Today's episode is entitled, What About Black Lives Matter? Just who do they represent? Do they have a plan for black people? Listen and find out. Malcolm X once said, Our problems will never be solved by the white man. The only way that our problems will be solved is when the black man wakes up, cleans himself up, stand on his own feet, and stop begging the white man, and take immediate steps to do for ourselves the things that we have been waiting on the white man to do for us. The Black Lives Matter movement came to the forefront after the death of George Floyd. Since that time, it has become the most recognizable organization that supposedly represent the needs of black people the leadership that the community has been waiting for, the leadership that the community has been missing. This organization is headed by highly educated people. My expectations was that when they were adequately funded, when they got the money, this group would put a plan and execution strategy together that would lead the black community into the next generation. A reasonable expectation was that they would look at data provided by such firms as McKinsey that stated the annual median wage for all U.S. workers is about $42,000. Forty-three percent of black workers earn less than $30,000 per year, highlighting how they are overrepresented in low-paying jobs. My expectation was that the Black Lives Matter organization would do a root cause analysis and implement a plan to get more of our people educated, enabling them to compete for good, high-paying jobs, that they would work tirelessly, possibly going door to door to help repair the broken black family structure in the inner cities. McKenzie also stated while black Americans are underrepresented in high-paying professions, only 5% of physicians are black, and just 4.5% of all software developers are black. Again, expectations are, once they were funded, that they would put forward a plan and a strategy on how to get more of our children In science, technology, engineering, and math, enabling them to compete for high-end jobs, that they would put plans and goals for the next decade to get maybe 5,000 more doctors, 10,000 more software developers, 20,000 more nurses, and so on. In other words, put together a plan and strategy on how we're going to move our children from always being behind, unable to compete for these type jobs, to being able to compete for these types of jobs. Another aspect of the McKinsey report that I thought that the Black Lives Matter movement would dig into was this particular one here that they said was most worryingly. Many of the low-paying types of jobs held by blacks, including cashiers, janitors, cooks, and retail salespeople, could be disrupted by automation and digital tech advancements in the next few years. McKenzie estimated about 6.7 million black workers, or 42 percent of the black labor force, now hold jobs that could be subject to disruption by 2030 these people will quickly need to learn new skills. An expectation was, with the Black Lives Matter group, that they would put plans in place and an execution model that would focus on retraining these people, transitioning them to new professions so that they would not be unemployed in the near future. And then the day finally came After the death of George Floyd, the money gates came open. According to their own documentation, they received 1.1 million individual gifts averaging $33. So that's more than $36 million. In 2020, the organization raised over $90 million. So they have the money now. It's time to get down to the business. Of addressing real black issues. According to their own documentation, they gave twenty one point seven million dollars to thirty organizations. So I concluded, they are off to a good start. But wait a minute, what organizations receive the money? As I looked at their documentation, of the organizations that received the money, one of them was the Okra Project. When I looked into it, I thought it was going to be some type of uh, organization dealing with education, dealing with STEM type programs for children. But the Okra Project is a collective that seeks to address the global crisis faced by Black trans people by bringing home cooked, healthy, and culturally specific meals and resources to black trans people wherever we can reach them. So I said, okay. The next one on the list that received the money was the TGI Justice Project. The TGI Justice Project is a group of transgender and intersex people inside and outside of prisons, jails, and detention centers, creating a united family in the struggle for survival and freedom. One of the other groups that received the money was the Audrey Lord Project, which is a lesbian, gay, bisexual, two-spirit, trans and gender non-conforming people of color community organizing center focused on the New York City area. Another group that received the money was for the Growls. They are a black, trans-led collective that curates parties to fundraise money to help black transgender people. One of the other organizations was the House of Tulip, a non-profit collective housing solution for transgender people in Louisiana. Brave Space Alliance, BSA as it is called, is a vehicle to empower and elevate queer and trans voices, particularly those belonging to people of color. And then there is the Black Travel Fund, So of all the organizations that receive the money, 76.6% were LGBTQIA organizations. It seems as if we have a different set of priorities. As a business person, you can always determine what your real priorities are by where you spend your money. So I decided that I was going to go now and read all of the information on their website because I wanted to get a full picture on what this organization was all about. So I went to the About Us part of their site so they can say what it is that they affirm who they are, what they're working toward, things of that nature. And when I went to the site, I find in their About Us section, we affirm the lives of black queer and trans folks, disabled folks, undocumented folks, folks with records, women, and all black lives along the gender spectrum. We are working for a world where black lives are no longer systematically targeted for demise. We affirm our humanity, our contributions to this society, and our resilience in the face of deadly oppression. At this point, I started to get a little concerned because I was thinking back to what are the real issues that face our community, education, not being able to get good jobs, black-on-black crime, the black family structure. All those things are real issues, so I decided to go to the demand section. They have a section on their site called Black Lives Matter Demands. And I'm sure in this section that the demands would be directed toward black people saying, we demand that we improve in this area. We demand that we stop this type of behavior, something that would benefit us. They had seven demands that were posted there. Number one, convict and ban Trump from future political office. Expel Republican members of Congress who attempted to overturn the election and incited a white supremacist attack. Number three, launch a full investigation into the ties between white supremacy and the Capitol Police, law enforcement, and the military. Number four, permanently ban Trump from all digital media platforms. Number five, defund the police. Number six, Don't let the coup be used as an excuse to crack down on our movement. And then number seven, pass the BREEVE Act. The BREAVE Act states that the police were born out of slave patrols. We cannot reform an institution built upon white supremacy. We need a new radical approach to public safety and community investment. That's what the BREEVE Act is all about. So now... I'm thinking, not one demand to the black community, nothing about resolving black-on-black crime, nothing about 72% of our children living in a single-parent household, nothing about parents getting involved in their children's education. Most of the priorities listed had nothing to do with elevating black people. Nothing that tells black people how to equip themselves to be successful in America. All I found was a lot of brainwashing material and gaslighting. One of the sections on the site had a section entitled Rallies and Demonstrations in Support of Defund the Police. It stated, In the first eight months of 2020, police killed 164 black people. Prior to May 25th, we had already seen far too many. So when George Floyd was murdered, in a way far too similar to what had been seen six years prior in the case of Eric Gardner, it was a breaking point for people everywhere. Suddenly, we had thousands, millions of people across the country and globe calling for change. Dozens of marches, caravans, and vigils were organized across the country and globe. Collectively, our chapters led thousands of people in these demonstrations. In times of stress and hardship, we turn to each other because we know that we keep us safe. I dug into the 164 because I wanted to see, because the site sort of implied that the police had just killed 164 black people. So I started to go through it case by case. Jamari Traver researched it. According to CBS affiliate 26-year-old Jari was killed by North Las Vegas Police Department following a 24-minute police chase in a stolen vehicle that resulted from an attempted traffic stop. Officials said that following the chase, that Traver rammed his car into several police vehicles at one point, pinning a cop between the cars. Two officers fired 24 rounds at Traver and killed him. The next one, Joshua Brown. According to the Associated Press, 34-year-old Joshua Brown was fatally shot by Columbus police after he attempted to rob a Bob Evans restaurant. Police said Brown was wearing a hockey-type mask when he entered the restaurant, and then he demanded the manager to open the safe at gunpoint. Brown fled without the money and was met by police officers behind the restaurant, and officer shot Brown, who later died in the hospital. The next one, Claude Fain. According to the CBS Philadelphia, reported that 47-year-old Claude Washington Vane was fatally shot by SWAT officers after authorities said they attempted to serve an arrest warrant. Police said Fane fired two shots at police officers from a second-floor apartment. SWAT officers then exchanged gunfire with Fane and killed him during the exchange. The next one, Renard Daniels. He was killed by a police officer for attacking a woman with a knife at a park. An officer responded to the 9-11 call about the attack. Upon arriving at the scene, the officers saw that Daniels was stabbing a woman with a large butcher's knife. He refused to drop the knife, and the police shot and killed him. I reviewed all 164 of the cases that was referenced in the article. I discussed them in conversation with many of my friends. And one question that many of them asked me was, Uh, Not a question, but a statement they made. When white people are killing people, the police can arrest them without killing them. Why can't they just shoot black folks in the foot or in the leg or something? Didn't quite know how to answer, because in my mind, that's the wrong question. The question is, why can't black people stop committing most of the crimes? That's the question and the problem that needs to be solved. When my children were at home, my son asked, he said, Daddy, I've been on punishment about 50 times this year and sister haven't been on punishment at all. It's unfair. I said, son, the reason that you're on punishment is because you keep getting caught breaking the rules. In conclusion, I found most of the arguments on the site to be intellectually dishonest. They ignore common sense and continues the narrative of black victimhood, Not much to help the community. Our so-called leadership has us on a hamster wheel. They get us excited, we have a march, we send donations, and then back on the hamster wheel again. Remember, as long as you blame others for all your problems, no one can help you. The moment you assume responsibility for your life, you will begin to find the key to solving your problems. Thanks for tuning in today. Remember, we are the masters of our own destinies, If you enjoyed the episode today and would like to be made aware when new episodes are posted, please subscribe on Apple or Google Podcasts, or you can visit us at BlackSelfSabotageTrap.com. We would love to hear from you. Send us your comments about our show by using the website contact page to send us an email or clicking on the microphone icon to send us a voice message. Cheers.